Welcome to Bearded Clansmen of the Vale, where two bearded guys talk about Game of Thrones, the card game. Hey, welcome back to the Bearded Clansmen of the Vale, everybody. I'm Kyle, son of Kyle. And I'm Dom, Shaggy Dom. Shaggy Dom. And today, we are going to talk about our top five agendas that are our favorite agendas as of November 2018. So if you're listening to this podcast and for some reason you can't figure out... Oh, I guess my mic is recording. Is, oh, wait. Say something quick. Say something. No, quick. it is. Okay, cool. Uh, okay. So, uh, so if you're listening to this in the future, then this is when we did it. So if you don't see something on here that's obviously the best new card, then, you know, look at the dates, fool. But let's start. I'm going to let you start and with your with your five Me. number five so number five beep, 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 beep. okay <laughs> what is your number five top favorite or favorite agenda um i'm gonna have to say banner of the sun banner of the sun i knew i, I was like maybe i should pick a banner too but and i was like the p- banner i'd pick would be speaking of how the sun house martell's up on the video right now but I, I was like, I gotta be Greyjoy, right? And that's just gonna sound pedantic, and I didn't want to have people experience that. But uh, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. Banner of the Sun. What, let's let's talk about that for a second. Why do you like that one? Well, they just have you know some a lot of the non-loyal cards are are good, like Hota, and uh, you have Arion um, Martell, um, which you can you know swap characters in and out. You got. The icon stripping look um, attachments you have. Um, trying to think of all the shenanigans with their events. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have a lot of non-loyal cards you can throw away into a banner, then. Yeah, yeah. like viper eyes and and you know things that can mess with your opponent. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So, uh, anything else you want to say about Banner of the Sun? It's got a cool sun on it. That's also sweet. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, my number five is the agenda. Number five. Number five is the agenda, like Casey Kasem, <laughs> titled The Free Folk. So, I, I picked The Free Folk because I love uh... I love the idea of giving a whole section of cards that's normally second fiddle uh, a faction to just solidify themselves like this agenda can make it so I you I don't know you just basically (laughs) it's just fun (laughs) I don't know it because because basically what you're saying is you you pick a house but the house doesn't have anything to do with your deck right yeah it's just you're like Targaryen the free folk and you're like okay whatever there's not gonna be any Targaryen cards in here right (laughs) Yeah, you're just picking a card that has your favorite color on it. Yeah, exactly, because you can't... So the plot says you, the plot deck... Your plot deck and draw deck can only include neutral cards, which means that you can't have any of the faction you choose, which I think is just a hilarious spit in the face to the rules of the game. <laughs> you're just, like, <laughs> doing that, and it's like, well, what the, what the heck's going on, you know? Like, that's it's its, its own thing. And so um, that's kind of fun, and I like the idea of applying a second uh, claim of the challenge type. I think that that's cool to be able to do on call. Normally you have to do that with an event or something like that, but uh, you can just kneel your faction card that's not doing anything for you, and you can uh, Mm -hmm. get an extra claim. So I think that that little build around is cool. I don't necessarily think this agenda is competitive or good. I just like that they're not forgetting things in this game. They understand that there's a wildling trait. They understand that that's a whole faction unto itself, 
but they can't focus in on that, like with a big box or like a house card or anything like that. So they've decided to say, hey, sure. we're going to put this in here. And that's that's a cool thing to me. Yeah, I can dig that. I can dig it. It, Even though I feel like Free Folk is pretty competitive. Do you think so? Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah I've I never played it, so I was I didn't mean to say it wasn't. I just don't know if it is. It's pretty competitive, and it's pretty, like, the deck itself, like, build, it's simple. Like, throw every wobbling card you have into it and, you know, throw in three or four two-claim plots and just go to town. Yeah, like, you can sweep some, some serious power with some of that stuff, I, huh? Well, that and, like, there's you, you can sweep the board so easily. Uh, you know, whatever challenge you need to win, just win a challenge. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I'm going to do military claim or, you know, <laughs> power claim. Usually you do your military right away, so then you just wipe their board and, you know, it's easy sailing from there. And there's a decent amount of neutral cards that, like, because there's a neutral card that lets you take initiate another, like, power challenge or something like that too, right? Uh, Superior claim lets you take power, but there's another card, I thought, that lets you just initiate a second power challenge if you won by five or more. Uh, Maybe I'm not. not. Too sure. I, but I'll there's have to look into it. But there's a decent amount of neutral cards that do really cool stuff, and so, it mean event wise. Oh, yeah. So, that's that's why I picked it is because oh. I think it's pretty cool to have a card that says neutral cards build around me, and it likes wildlings. This probably could be same said for the Brotherhood without banners, but the thing I like about this more than that is that the Brotherhood without banners does care about your faction card, like because it kind of mm-hmm. just benefits you if you, uh, you know put mostly neutral in but this one's like no nothing ever else along the same lines it's like you know a lot of the cards in there that might get overlooked are kind of like here's an faction or an agenda for you guys and you know here's something new mm-hmm. try it out mm-hmm. well with that let's talk about number four so number four <laughs> number four dom why don't you just keep talking about what you're talking about since uh so yeah um I was going to say mine was uh, the Free Folk, just because um, a lot of the same things that you said earlier, um, it's, it gives a chance for a lot of cards that you normally wouldn't maybe consider playing, um, just throwing it into a deck and, and just seeing what happens. Um, ironically, the agenda uh, text makes the Free Folk pretty strong, um, being effective like you throwing your two claim plots um you know uh you can you know you can kill four characters in the in a round mm-hmm. um discard four cards discard four cards or you know four power. if you have if you have mag the mighty you're <sighs> killing you know four or five card characters Jeez. you're you're wiping the board and then all of a sudden boom you wipe their board next round put in famine so you're making it even harder for them to get characters out on the board, and you're just, you just, it's just easy selling from there. So, um, the deck build itself, like to be somewhat competitive, it's not hard. You just throw in every wildling character, um, in that they have out, just throwing into a deck. But then also, um, throw in a lot of those two claim plots, um, you know, like the Weathering Cold. Um, mm-hmm. the famine, uh, the winds of winter, uh, sneak attack, 
I mean, you could literally have like five plots that are two claim, and you're just gonna demolish your opponent. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure to see multiple two claim plots in a, in a row, even because what it can do is just. I mean, if you lose one of those challenges, there's some serious things happening. Like, it's not you can't just brush off discarding two cards that easily, in my opinion, or claiming two military or losing sweep, swinging two power right like mm -hmm. those things are not trivial so mm -hmm. yeah it's I agree. it's a fun deck to play by by far don't get don't get me wrong um that's why i gave it a number four just because something different and as clansmen we kind of have to put the free folk in here because while clansmen aren't technically free folk they're as close as that we can get on this side of the wall that's true <laughs> all right my number four is alliance so alliance is my number four uh when this card came out originally i was like what oh this is crazy like just because <laughs> i was so excited to be around two banners at once and like the idea of this in game of thrones is kind of like taboo mm -hmm. like not a lot of factions yeah. team up like this and so so the ability to kind of do that my first deck I ever wanted to build and did and didn't do very well because I built it was um, <laughs> was the uh, the ladies deck the knights and ladies deck yeah and that deck's fun that deck. it's cool but like it, it's this alliance thing like then there was the pillage queen's crown alliance deck that you can make uh, mm. I'm still convinced there's a knights alliance deck you can make I think it, it's giving you the even though it increases your deck by 15 cards giving you the extra ability to get like more cards into your deck of a certain tribal type is great like it's mm -hmm. cool and this even works so as they start putting out agendas banner is something that's actually on certain things that aren't just the house banners right like we have trading mm -hmm. with a kotor or whatever i can never pronounce sure and that yeah. is a banner so you can now have that alongside of another banner and so you can get double the attachments right oh yeah well yeah you get to trigger off the, the trading uh, reaction mm -hmm. you know and since your since your deck seventy five cards, that tutoring effect is super powerful, and it lets you shuffle, which means that you're getting seeing more of your deck more often when you use that agenda. So it's a it's a really good balance with alliance. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think with alliance, it kind of just opened up the game to where people can think differently on how to build their decks and you know how to you know put certain houses with other houses and you know try to break them. The, the mold a little bit and like you know try something different and just see what happens mm -hmm. I 100% agree like I like that they're thinking outside the box here and it's like well what can we do to make it so you can mix and match a little more and this is it it's yeah. not terribly impressive but it's also pretty balanced and so like it does what it needs to do and it does it well I will say I, I think I played you on the, my uh, Martell Alliance deck the uh, Martell Alliance, uh, uh, Night's Watch, and uh, Baratheon. Um, I think I played you in that one. Don't uh, maybe yeah. Ago. Remember that where I only had like like nine characters out of seventy five cards, nine of them. No, I don't remember that. What was the point of that deck? Was it just like <laughs> a troll? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the I, best I, part I, about I, I, Alliance is that it lets you do stuff like that and. I don't know. It's so cool. I, I thought I played you in that. Um, but no, the basics of, of that deck was to um, basically win. The win condition is win by 
either the wall or with uh, dominance and uh, with the painted table. Um, yeah, okay. And then the characters I did have in there were characters that would hurt my opponent more uh, than myself if they killed him. So like Benjen, um, gain two power if he dies, mm-hmm. shuffle him back in the deck. Uh, Bastard Daughter, discard a card from opponent's hand. Solis um, in there? I, no, okay. I had a veteran builder. So if I if I lost an unopposed challenge, I kneel the wall, but then I just sacrifice him to stand the wall, and um, along with flea bottom, I just flea bottom him back in and out. Um, I don't think I've ever played a deck against you when you were using flea bottom. So, oh yeah, but yeah, that's a pretty sweet deck actually. That sounds really fun. Uh, it, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's fun. Like if you're like wanting to mess with your opponent, like, oh hey, you know they build their deck around killing characters and <laughs> doing all this stuff, and it's like, well, guess what? Your Valor's gonna hurt you more than me, or you know, yeah, um, or it it opens up my do- uh, plot deck building to say, oh, I'm gonna put in a Wildfire Assault. I'm gonna put in a Valor Mogel uh, uh I'm gonna put in a Valor Doheris. Um, you know, so it's like all these things that can uh, that are gonna really screw you over. It has no effect over me, and if it does kill my character, it's gonna benefit me in the long run. Yeah. All right, let's hop on to number so, three. Number three. What's your number three, Dom? Ugh, <laughs> uh, that is a good question. Um, <laughs> you want me to do my number three, and you can figure yours out? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. <laughs> So my number three is a card that I just recently played for the first time, and it's actually uh, pretty fun. It was pretty cool in the deck I ran it in. It's Green Sight. So I'm a fan of Green Sight because it plays in the decks that I like to play. And it plays a different way than I usually like to play those decks. Because Mill in this game is not a good win condition, or wasn't at one point. It's becoming a lot better now. I know there's people who have actually been decked out in games in the last month or two. Um, mm-hmm. But it's green sight is really cool. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's you get a look at what your opponent's drawing, so you get some insight into what they're doing, and then you can be like, I don't think that that we should do that. And so you just do that, <laughs> and you flip some, you put them in a discard pile. It, it's nice. It happens uh, after the draw phase begins. So before they would draw cards, you can basically lock them out of you know drawing one of the cards that they would draw, and they get whatever's underneath that. It can mess with, you know, decks that stack the top of their deck. Not too much, but just enough that it's kind of annoying that you're, like, playing these cards that let you stack the top two, and one of them's going to flip the, or go the next turn. There's not really a good way to stop this. It just happens. It has to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And you kneel your faction card, so, you know, that's that. You can only do that once, and... I don't know. It's just... It's interesting for what it does. It's not really good in, overall. It's not just good in every deck. You have to build around this, I think. But it's really cool. I like the idea of them incorporating that green sight into the game too, which is like, you know, you can see things and change things, right? Because that's the idea is if you can see mm-hmm. the things, you can probably affect them. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I like that agenda too a lot. Um, it's definitely good um, against with the, your, the Lannister with the new Tywin. Um, you get to look at the top two cards this card a card if you if you decide to do you uh, need backup if you decide to discard a card using green sight 
then with the new tie win, you're able to look at the top two cards and pick which one is discarded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is always nice. But then also I liked I liked it when I built a Night's Watch greenside deck with the the new wall. Um, yeah, because then know. you can really get some good stuff in the discard pile that you can you can fix it right. You can make it so you you doing the wall makes gives you something super good. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd be like, oh okay, a five cost character. Yeah, let's go ahead and discard that. And guess what? I'm kneeling the wall to take him. So yeah. All right. What's your number three? I would I would say my number three is uh, Banner the Dragon. Okay. We'll talk, go into that a little bit. Uh, just with the whole Targaryen, like they have a lot of um, pretty good shenanigans, you know, like uh, uh, discarding cars to trigger certain events or uh, trigger certain events, trigger certain um, effects. And um, you have like Second Sons, you have Queensguard, you have um, Mel Sunday, um, the Freeman, just a lot of different things that you can do to um, kind of help with that Queen's Guard, like re-standing. Yeah. Because I, f- I feel like whenever you can re-stand a good character um, to use the multiple challenges um, is always a good thing. There's a lot of words for you to say that is a lot of support for Flea Bottom. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I love and hate Flea Bottom. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Tar- uh, Targaryen has a bunch of good flea bottom cards, like a lot, oh, and a, d- a oh, decent amount of them oh, are yeah. bannerable. Oh yeah, definitely. But the main thing I like, you know, with Targaryen is like with them being bannered with uh, Tyrell mm-hmm. and getting Queensguard on the uh, Rinley Baratheon, and you know he gets the insight, so he's you know feeling his, his Queen Guardness <laughs> and. You know, yeah, I got you. Three, four challenges. It's just insane. All right, uh, let's hop on to number two. Two, 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 two. All right, number two. <laughs> What's you know your number two, or should I go over mine? Yeah, I know my number two. What is it? <laughs> I'm gonna say the wars to come. Of course, you are. Not the podcast, mm-hmm. but that is a good podcast. But the agenda, the yes. wars to come. All right, why do you yes. like the wars to come, my friend? Because you're able to have ten plots, and two of them can be duplicates. So yeah, so you get two dupes of two different plots, and you get the eight other, the six other plots that you get, and that's and that's and that's pretty cool. Yes, it's it's actually really good, um, especially for Martell, which I like playing. Um, that's fact because they definitely want those plots in that pile, and you can get a lot that mm-hmm. way. Exactly, but also, I mean, it it benefits every house, you know, having more options, you know, to you know for your plot deck. I always feel like is a good thing, you know, so you're not stuck with the same, you know, five six plots. You're like, oh man, I gotta have this. I gotta have confiscation. I gotta have yep. this just in case. Just in case if someone slaps a a milk on my key guy or whatever i gotta have confiscation or blah blah blah, blah. it lets you build you to know. a meta more and it, and it kind of makes it so you like in a game where you can't sideboard you get that feel of sideboarding mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so that that's mainly the main reason why yeah i I, like I agree i mean it's a solid plot card uh it's definitely one of those ones that behooves people 
or that benefits people who are really good at deck building and know how to play that deck. I've like suck at it, so like cards like the Reigns of Casimir and the Wars to Come are always like difficult for me to play because I'm like, I have so many decisions now. I've just given myself more decisions. This is why. Oh God. <laughs> uh, anyway, my number two is the House with the Red Door, and the, the reason that I think this agenda is super cool is because it it can pull your combo pieces out and make them really hard to get rid of or a, the start of your combo out and make it really hard to get rid of. Now, you are sacrificing other things by not taking other agendas with this, but I, I just like the idea of being able to start the game with your thing out that lets you do stuff the rest of the game. You know, it's only semi-protected. <laughs> well, I know that's... I like I like starting the game with all my pieces together so I don't have to play very hard. Is not what I said. Um, but it, it, it doesn't... <laughs> it doesn't protect the, the card from getting like sent back to your hand or like being sacrificed. But it does protect yeah. it in most scenarios. Like it can't be discarded with like certain effects. So you can't spend more than full girding setup, but that's okay because you just spent you know three of it to, to three of it, and then the one to like automatically play a card that you really want to play. Non-limited, mm -hmm. so you can't put out like econ locations. But you're doing things like putting out you know cards that you need for stuff. Like you could pull out you know I think you could pull out the painted table with this. You can't pull out the wall because the wall is too expensive. That would be really really powerful. Um, you can pull out different warships that you might want to start the game with in mm -hmm. Greyjoy. I don't know. It's just it's just kind of a cool thing to always have in your back pocket to be like, man, this deck would work, work really well if I could guarantee getting a card on the first turn. And you're like, well, with the rails with the red door, you can. And so, <laughs> I don't know. It's just one of the ones that I think is is a really creative build. Uh, Corey Corey Fat, what is his name? Corey Fairty. I think he did a good job on designing this card just because it's it's just it's just interesting. It's just something that you don't see a lot in other games. Yeah, definitely. Um, me personally, it's an agenda I had to struggle with, so um, it's one of those I'll just have to keep playing it until I kind of figure it out. But and that's okay. I, have, I just have a hard time, like you know, getting the game started after the the marching phase. Or sorry, set up because you're only allowed to set up, you know, four four gold worth, four gold worth instead of your normal eight. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it is a premium. You know, you're paying that premium to put that thing out, but that it's like a one gold premium, right? That you're paying, and because you're paying, you're getting the three cost if you pay up to three, and then you're paying mm -hmm. one extra gold to make sure that you know that thing can be in play when it starts a game, and that it can't be discarded from play. And, if you need it, it's great. If you don't need it, you basically don't consider this agenda at all. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think the agenda is good because I mean, it definitely opens up, you know, say um, at most two extra card spots for you know card for a location that you really want to get out right away. Mm -hmm. You know, so I mean, it's always there's a benefit to it. Just me personally, I just never had luck with it, and so I would just have to keep playing it, until uh, yeah. I figure it out and it doesn't and so even if you like it can kind of tech too because the gen, it doesn't have to be it's not choose one before you build your deck it's like choose one from your deck so if you needed to tech a different one out for a certain game to like kind of be competitive against a certain deck you could totally mm -hmm. do that like that's a, a big part of what this card is saying is pull any non-limited out non-limited unique out mm -hmm. And that can really matter if it needs to matter. 
And that would go beyond my deck building prowess to be able to say, okay, here are the three locations I might need in this meta. But it's a cool thing you can do with it. Yeah, definitely. All right, it's time for number one. Number one! All right, <laughs> what is your number one, Dom, Shaggy Dom? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the Lord of the Crossing. Oh, are you serious? That's my number one. <laughs> Dude, awesome. I love that we get to talk about Lord of the Crossing for five minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you chose Lord of the Crossing. That's so legit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I It was one of those agendas, like, just like the house uh, with the red door, I struggled with it at first, but I just kept playing with it um, until I just kind of figured it out and just, I don't know, for me, it just took a little while to kind of figure out the mechanics of it and to make it work in my favor. And, you know, it's, you know, my favorite agenda. Is it? Yeah, it's one of my favorites. What's your what was the so like you you were saying you had to play it and figure it out. What was the the like play or the deck that you, like just helped you understand why this why this agenda is really good? Um, well, um, I'm trying to think. I think originally I was playing a lot with it with Greyjoy, and you know at that time Greyjoy, they had some intrigue icons, but it was just hard for me to get all three challenges off. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing that I struggled with at first was um, I wanted to win all my challenges well with this agenda it's kind of like you don't really need to win all your challenges you just need to win the third one yeah you just want to kind of throw them out until you get the one you need right mm -hmm. yeah yeah either A you get them to kneel it to you know block your you know your weenie first challenge to where then you can push through on your third one get the bonus power um and then go from there but i think that was for me the heart the thing i had to overcome was like i wanted to win all my challenges and i would at times i just overthink it and then you know just one day it just kind of clicked i just started winning with it and started realizing like hey i don't need to win every challenge yeah, you know, it's yeah. I, this this card for me is like just it's just what I like to play. Like I'm not a huge fan of games that go on for like 50 minutes or more and you're only playing one game. Like that's why Conquest mm -hmm. was hard for me and that's why um like Legend of the Five Rings was is hard for me to play because I like I want the game to progress. I don't just want to sit there. And that's why playing Builders was so bad is cuz of that. It was the antithesis of what I liked about this game is that if you do it right, these games can be over quick. And Lord of the Crossing is a rush agenda. It's it's an agenda you put in a deck and you play aggressive, right? You're trying to win. And if you don't win by like turn seven, you're probably not gonna win. Like <laughs> in most cases. Like if you have if you've gone through your plot deck once, you're probably not doing too well. But some of the stuff you can do with that last that third challenge is nasty. Like like huge power swings like if you do superior claim in combination with it you can get a lot of those plus five effects from that plus two challenge because it's for every character right every participating character is plus two so oh, yeah. it's really powerful um you can get a lot of good intimidation triggers if you're the first player you can it's just this you've you've sacrificed some things and now you get all the payout of it right and you gain an extra mm -hmm. power too so that's really cool you can do lots of heavy heavy power swings if you have a claim two plot and you do some some fancy shenanigans to get renown. 
you can take two from your opponent, you'll have two, you get renown, that's three. You have one power for from this agenda is four. If it's unopposed, that's five power in one turn that you just got. Mm-hmm. That's a third of the power you need to win the game. That's those are turns that happen frequently with this agenda. They're not like you know, like one in a million. It's if you do it right, you're doing it right, you can get a lot of power. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like I think what got it for me was, you know, playing the Tyrell um faction, which I think through that I I've really come to you know, learn to love Tyrell. Um with this agenda because you know, I would, you know, either slap in Elena's informant, you know, do a second power challenge or entry challenge, um, or uh, the uh, Tyrell event where you can do an additional power. Like, I, I remember there's games I was doing like three power challenges in one round, and I mean, just totally dominating the, the opponent's, um, you know, power. And just from there, I was like, "Oh wow, this is actually really powerful," and it finally just clicked for me. So that's why, um, for me, it's number one because, to me, it's something I worked for to to kind of understand. And instead of just giving up on it and say, "Well, this agenda sucks," it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, that's a good so. point. I think that's interestingly enough the like the reason that I like this agenda so much is because I got it. I like I got it it was one of the things that made me feel like I understood the game. Like mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I get this. Like I understand what I need to do to win with this. And it kind of drew me in deeper early on. Mm-hmm. Cause this is the first, this is the first regionals I played was with Lord of the crossings. And I talk about it all the time, so I'm not going to go into it, but it, it just was like, man, I get it. Like this game's not hard. If you just focus on and learn, like it, you just do it and your stuff comes together for you. And mm-hmm. I think you're right too about like learning. Cause at first you read this agenda and you're like, Oh my God, when am I ever going to do this? I have to do all three challenges and you know, I need to win them. And then you're like, wait, I don't have to win them. And they don't even have to be all of the same. They can, they can be like three challenges of the same type. And then you start to see, Oh, so it doesn't really care what I'm doing as long as I do three challenges. And that's when you start to unlock the power of this card. Cause you can do some seriously mm-hmm. gross stuff with that knowledge. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and then it's just kind of funny because like your first challenge all your opponents get negative one strength second one is as is strength third one's plus two and let's just say you're able to do an additional one of the three um, in my case uh, for Tyrell power you know that strength is also as is as well it mm-hmm. doesn't go back into the negative one no. um, which is nice um, so I mean, just from that, like, alone, like, you know, there were certain, some games I was earning, like, seven, eight power in one round, and to me, I was like, wow, that's, that's definitely a game changer, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're from behind. And, and it's not something that's, like, you need to be ahead to use, like, if you get, if you play your plots right, and you get the good enough draw, you can really swing a game around with this plot, or this agenda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Definitely. So. Definitely, but I think I think it really, um, really shines with. Um, I mean, I think it shines with any house, but the ones that kind of stick out to me is um, uh, is Tyrell and uh, Greyjoy. Yeah, uh, I've had really good luck with Baratheon here too, 
Baratheon can really mm. can really do a lot of cool stuff with um, oh, yeah. with it. Um, but yeah, th- definitely those two. Like Tyrell is such a powerhouse with getting extra strength that uh, it's kind of fun. And then Greyjoy has the highest chance of of really um, getting that first attack in matter. So like with with like uh, Theon, the new Theon, getting the minus one strength mm. is actually really good. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, cool. So nothing that has strength one or low, higher, or two or higher can block this. So I get an unopposed challenge in Greyjoy on my first attack when I'm supposed to be getting a negative. Like, that's good. Yeah. Well, not only that, but then let's say you have Cecil and Chair out mm-hmm. with it. Now you're choosing the claim. Yep. So, so yeah. In, in any way, like, but there's cards in those two factions that really play off of these, either the first, second, or first or second part of this card. So. Mm-hmm. All right, we gotta we gotta go. It's overtime. We went a little long because Lord of the Crossing is too legit to quit. But uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, those were our agendas as of November 2018. Um, Lord of the Crossing took it all for both of us, which I think is super cool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, comment, subscribe. Let us know what you like. Talk about your favorite agendas in the comments. All right, see you guys. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Bearded Clansman of the Vale, a Game of Thrones LCG podcast. Come back next time where we talk more about Game of Thrones the card game.